Welcome to the Go For Gold podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Bree. I'm a college dropout turned corporate leader turned entrepreneur who helps women embrace the season that they're in while working to create the season they want. Each week, I'll be sharing conversations, strategies, thoughts, tips, etc., to help you not accept the status quo, keep pushing the limits, and go after life in a bigger, bolder, more audacious way. So let's get into it. I am so excited to be doing today's episode. I am going to be sharing on one of my favorite topics, that is business, and I'm going to be sharing in regards to what you wanted to hear. So about a week or so ago, I polled my audience and had you all send in your questions about business, and I'm going to be answering those today. I got a lot of duplicate type of questions, so I'm kind of combining some of them into one. Um, But yeah, this is going to be basically a podcast episode answering the questions that you all asked. Now, a lot of the questions that I did get were from other Beachbody coaches, and so if you are not in network marketing, some of these might not apply to you, but a lot of them are going to because business is transferable in any business structure. And so I'm really excited to just kind of share um, how I've been successful, not only with this business, but also um, in my business uh, building years in the corporate world as well. So without further ado, let's get into it. The first question is, how did you learn to lead? And I'll say this is kind of a complex one because leadership isn't a destination. It's something I feel like I'm continuously evolving with. But I will say in the very beginning of my leadership career, I learned through failure. I failed a lot as a new leader. I was a very young leader when I first started getting leadership responsibilities, and I failed a lot. But I will say the one thing that kept me grounded and kept me going and kept me um, from completely failing, which is quitting, is that I I try to always come from a place of servant leadership. Becoming a leader isn't something that you become because you get a certain title at the job you work at. Leaders are those who serve others and put others first and as a result, end up influencing people to follow whatever vision they have for the future. So I would say if your question is, how did, you, how did I learn to lead in regards to how could you learn to lead, show up to, a, to your circumstances, to your job, to whatever environment that you're talking about, looking for ways to serve your people. This is going to help you gain trust and respect from those that you would like to lead. And as a result, you're going to have influence and be able to lead your team well. The other thing I would say is find a mentor, someone that you look up to, and this doesn't have to be your direct boss. In fact, in my early career, I definitely had bosses um, that inspired me and motivated me and taught me a lot. But as I started to grow and climb the corporate ladder, I found that a lot of times the people above me um, didn't know how to mentor me. Um, And so I had to go outside of them to look for mentorship or look for people that could speak life into me and help me with the areas that I needed to work on in my leadership development. So definitely find a mentor, someone that you can that you trust, someone that you look up to, someone you would like to mirror your leadership style to and see if they'll mentor you. But again, this is going to be you putting your servant hat on. This isn't you coming to someone and asking them to sacrifice their time to pour life into you. This is going to be you coming to someone that you respect and admire and finding ways that you can serve them. As a result, you're going to be in close proximity with someone that you want to model after and you're going to be able to learn from them while serving. So you want to learn to lead, serve your team, serve the people around you, and find a mentor that you can serve as well. What's one of the biggest mistakes people make when starting a business? 
Okay, so this one obviously varies from person, varies from circumstances, but I would say something to think about when you are starting a business, if you don't want to make a common mistake, is to be realistic about the time frame. Many people start businesses and expect it to pay them back instantly. We live in a world of instant gratification, and if something doesn't pay us back quickly, we assume that it's broken or doesn't work or that it's not something worth investing in. But the average business that it gets started takes about five years to start seeing income or profit. Five years. Now, the cool thing about the network marketing model that I'm in is that it doesn't have to take that long. You can start making a profit much sooner than that. However, even for you to be able to make a significant paycheck, it is going to take time. It takes compound effort. And I think the biggest mistake people make is assuming that they're going to be seeing those big flashy paychecks right away. But those don't come until you've put a lot of time and energy in. In fact, those don't come until several seasons past when you want to give up and you want to quit. It's the ones that stick with it and and look at starting a business as a long-term mission. Those are the people that are successful and actually make an income because they're in it for the long haul. So biggest mistake people make, assuming they're going to be making big bucks right away when it takes time, effort, and consistency. How do you start a business when you already work a million hours? Ooh, girl, I love this question so much because not only is it a very common thing to think, I don't have time to start like a side thing or to, to, to build something on the side, but I definitely thought it as well and was overwhelmed at the idea of it. Okay, so here's the answer and it's not sexy, it's not pretty, and it's not cute. It takes sac- sacrifice. Starting a business when you already work a million hours takes sacrifice. So you have to make sure that you're doing something that you're passionate about, that you believe in, and that you know is going to bring you some sort of outcome different than the one you're in right now. Here's what I mean by all of that. When I first started my fitness business, I actually did not plan to make this business my full-time job. I thought I was going to be in the corporate world forever, but I was so addicted to the results I was getting and the community that I was a part of and the hard work paying off that I honestly just sacrificed time to work on my business even without having to really identify that it was sacrifice. Yes, I knew I was working hard, but I was just leveling up in life and it was something I was passionate about. It filled my cup and I wanted to do it. Then fast forward about a year into my business, I decided finally that I wanted to take my business full time. And that is when I started actually sacrificing even more. And here's what I mean by sacrifice. I didn't get to sleep in anymore. I didn't get to binge Netflix anymore when I got home from work at night. I honestly even sacrificed what I was listening to. So for example, I would get up really early, usually around five o'clock and either get my workout in or get some work done. My corporate email would start going off around six, six thirty. So it was a combination of getting those emails figured out, getting ready to you know head out for the day for work for my commute, and then also focusing on my business at the same time and juggling those parts. And then when I got into the car, It was not listening to music and instead listening to maybe a training that I'd missed from the night before or listening to some sort of personal development. In fact, part of our team culture is that we read or listen to at least 20 minutes of personal development every single day. But as a personal mantra, I try to read or listen to about an hour each day. And so I made a commitment that on my way to work, I would have to listen to at least an hour of something that was going to develop my mind before I was allowed to listen to music. And if you know me, music is a big part of my life. That was a big sacrifice for me. Um, But it's something that I committed to. And then, you know, when I got home at night, even though I was tired, I committed to sacrificing my time 
time and my comfort for things like getting my workout in if I hadn't yet or, you know, hopping on a team call to get some training and fill my, my mind and my tool bucket of knowledge instead of vegging out in front of the couch. So it's not a sexy answer, but you do have time in your schedule to start something more. You just have to decide what if if the pursuit of bettering your life through something like a quote unquote side gig or an additional business if that is more important to you or your comfort is, you know, being able to sleep in, being able to watch TV, being able to listen to music. Um, and here's the thing. There's no wrong answer to that. But if you are anything like me, you know that those things are comforting in the moment. But long term, they don't create a life that you want. And when you sacrifice in the moment, it doesn't feel great. But you're literally building yourself a life of, you know, your dreams. So you tell me, is the sacrifice worth it? I think it probably is. When you decided to quit your corporate job, did you set a date? Yes, I did. And it was a date that scared me. Oh, my goodness. So November 2019, I went to a Tony Robbins conference. And from that conference and that experience, decided to go home and make some changes to my life because I knew that if I continued where I was at, I was creating a life that I didn't actually want. And one of those things that I needed to change was where I was spending all of my time each week. And I knew that in order to create the life I want, I needed to quit my tor- corporate job. So I basically looked at a calendar, decided that six months from then I would be quitting my job and decided that in May of 2020, um, I would be turning in a 30-day notice. Now, you guys have to remember, too, that I had no idea what 2020 would bring. And so not only did I pick a date that scared me, but as that date got closer, there was a lot of unknown that was happening in our world. And it was very, very intimidating to leave the security of my corporate job, not only because it's just scary to leave the security of your corporate job, but because it was happening in the middle of a world pandemic. The other thing that made it scary was that to be completely transparent with you, I probably should not have quit when I did. I thought that I'd be a little bit further along than I was. And so my circumstances really were telling me, Brittany, don't pick that date, choose a different one. And then I had the fear in my head as well. And the smart choice probably would have been to extend my date a little bit. However, the best choice that I possibly could have made was to stick to my original date and do it scared and just freaking do it. Because not being in the exact position that I wanted to be before I quit actually put my back up against the wall and made me work even harder, harder than I would have if I had been comfortably quitting, if that makes sense. And because of that, my team just a few months later achieved one of the biggest accomplishments you can as a team. And we became one of the top 1% of teams in the entire company. And I truly attribute that to just knowing that I had to make this happen no matter what. So to answer your question, yes, I set a date. It was a date that scared me and it was a date I was committed to no matter what. Do you have someone handling the nitty gritty stuff like applying for LLC and filing taxes? So one of the beautiful parts about partnering with Beachbody rather than trying to start a company all on your own is that a lot of the nitty gritty stuff is actually done for you. Um, Beachbody does an amazing job of handling kind of the headache part of owning and running a business so that you can really just focus on the client experience and creating your brand. But I will say that I have started my own business outside of Beachbody as well. And when I did that, I did do that all on my own as well with LLC and filing taxes. Um, But either way, as far as taxes are concerned, um, there is a service that I use, and maybe I'll actually put it in the show notes of this podcast episode. So check back there for the link. But this company provides your own personalized bookkeeper assistant who monitors your spending and then categorizes each of your spending in two different categories 
for expenses. So at the end of the year, you literally just print off a PDF. It has all of your categories and you plug and chug them into whatever tax filing system you use. I use TurboTax and it's super easy for me and it's all done. Um, it's a monthly fee, but I honestly, it's one of the most amazing investments you can do because it takes the headache out of taxes for you. And then as far as everything else, like graphics, etc., I do those all on my own right now. But as I continue to grow and continue to put my client experience first, my coach experience first, and really the people aspect of what I do first, I will start to um, hire a virtual assistant. That's probably something that I'll start looking into next year, um, to do some of like the graphics and, um, uh, spreadsheets and that kind of stuff that I do work with. So yeah, I am pretty taken care of with just using the company that I, you know, am partnered with. And then for the nitty gritty stuff, I do it all on my own. What is your favorite book on leadership? Okay. So I love anything by John Maxwell. Um, probably the best, uh, like the leadership book that I got into in the beginning of my leadership was or early on, I should say, was The Five Levels of Leadership by John Maxwell. But anything that he does, I would highly, highly recommend. Um, there's other books that have helped me with personal development, but from a leadership standpoint, definitely anything John Maxwell. Okay, I got so many questions in regards to our specific business model that I'm a part of and exactly how I've done it. And so I just kind of picked the three themes that I found in all of the questions, and I'm going to answer those um, to kind of wrap up this episode today. So number one, what's your advice for finding like-minded working coaches? Honestly, the answer is really simple. Be the coach you want to attract. And I know that sounds maybe cheesy, that sounds a little bit woo-woo, that sounds a little bit not tangible, but truly it's what I believe. Show up every single day with a work ethic, show up you know, as a leader before you even have a team to lead, do everything that you know you're supposed to do, have a high expectation for yourself and the results that you're getting. And I promise you, if you have that same mentality and that hustle, you're gonna find people that are similar. I know too many people that wait to show up as a leader that they want to be until they they have a team, but you're not going to have that team until you show up as a leader. And I know that sounds backwards, but it's just the way it works. So it's your job to start showing up as the coach that you want to attract and do that consistently, even when you want to give up, even when it seems like it's not working, even when it seems like there's no point, just continue to show up. And I promise you, you will find your people too. How do you host sneak peeks? Do you do three videos, three days? What's your process? Okay, so a sneak peek is basically an environment where people can come learn about what we do as coaches, how it works, how we get paid, the community, all of the information that they need to know before actually making a commitment to join. Back in the day, I started off using Facebook to create these, and then I switched over to creating an Instagram account where I would get people into that Instagram account. I would host it over two days, do a total of three videos, a few lives, a ton of graphics, and actually had a lot of success that way. However, I found that as you know, my business evolved and as time evolved, these stopped being as effective because people might have been really excited for like the first day, but by the second day, you know, life had happened and they had kind of forgotten about it or they weren't as engaged and they missed out on all of the information. So now what I do is I host a 30 to 40 minute information call, usually once or twice a month. And this is something that I announce on my social media page. I invite people to it throughout the week. And then I usually host on a Wednesday or Thursday evening. And the first one that I do during the, the month is always public. I talk about it on my Instagram 
Instagram. I'm inviting to it publicly. I'm putting polls on my story if people are interested. And then the second one that I do um, towards the end of the month is actually something that I don't announce. I just end up hosting and invite on the back end. So in the conversations that I'm having with people in my messages, um, you know, our conversation turns to coaching and what I do and what they do and what they want out of life, etc. And instead of hosting just another big, huge call, it's usually a more intimate group where just a few of us get on and kind of talk. And I share the exact same slides, exact same presentation. I'm sharing the same information, but it's a little less publicized and just a way that I can continue to serve people that are interested in coaching and joining my team without having to quote unquote, annoy my Instagram followers that maybe aren't interested in that as much, if that makes sense. So I now do a 30, 40 minute uh, video and I do it about one to two times a week. Excuse me. I do it one to two times a month. And um, one is publicly, you know, the invites are very public. And the second one towards the end of the month, they're usually a little bit more on the back end. Okay. Last question. What's the best way to start a working coach so that you don't overwhelm them, but they feel supported? When I start a new coach, I have two main goals for them. The number one thing I want for them is that they start finding results from the programs and our lifestyle. The cool thing about our job is that our number one job is to focus on us and our growth as a human. And so that's where I have them focus number one. The second goal that I have for my new coaches is that I help them earn back at least some of, if not all of their initial investment within their first couple of weeks. I really want to make sure that they feel good about heading into this business as it's something that's rewarding them and paying them back from the beginning. And I really like to help my new coaches have that immediate first win to help give them motivation to continue and have longevity in their business. So those are the two things I have them focus on, getting results from our programs and our lifestyle and um, you know, getting their business to earn back their first initial investment, which is something that a lot of coaches can do within their first week to three weeks. And then from there, I get on a one-on-one call with them and basically talk about where we want to go from there. What kind of goals do they have? Do they want to quit their full-time job? Are they using this just as a little extra cash so that they can, you know, buy flowers every week for themselves or get a car wash or have that extra spending money or have some holiday cash, whatever the case may be. And we set up some weekly and monthly goals based off of that. Thank you, thank you so much to all of you that submitted questions for today's podcast episode. It was amazing being able to not only talk about one of my favorite things, business, but also be able to answer your specific questions. I actually love this format so much that I decided that I'm going to be doing this for next week's episode as well. One of the number one DMs I'm getting right now is to hear more about my hypothyroid, celiac disease, and Hashimoto's. I know so many of you are struggling or maybe assume that you might be struggling with it and are wanting more information. So I'm going to be designing an episode next week specifically for you. So check out my stories. Go drop your questions, concerns, things you want me to talk about in the question box, and I will see you next week.